All right. Thank you very much, Kelly Robinson. You get that number? Did you write that number down? Maybe write on the palm of your hand so you can call it. Then you can call it again. 888. Now, you're not going to have to call it more than once because the lines are empty right now. They're waiting for you. 888-256-1080. We are live. Jared Taylor is live. Neil is live. We are waiting for your call. Jared screens my calls and runs the boards. This is a two-person job to keep this program going, and we're the two people for you. 888-256-1080. As we broadcast the the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour over about 33 stations across the state, from Alpine to Crockett and from Amarillo to Corpus Christi. I love doing this program, and I hope you'll give us a call today. Whatever your plant question, if it deals with urban horticulture, that's the one restriction I put on it. I don't don't know much about coastal Bermuda grass because that's a pasture grass. I don't uh, I don't know much about chickens and goats. I know what they look like. I've I've had children and grandchildren, and I've looked, read the books. I can tell a chicken from a goat, but uh, I, I can't help you with raising them. That's a different science. Really, not trying to put that down or make a mockery of it. That's just not what I studied. My two degrees are both in ornamental horticulture and floriculture. In fact, uh, when I was in college at A&M and then transferred to Ohio State, I, my goal was to be the best greenhouse grower the world had ever seen. And I got a call from A&M saying, would you come back and uh, work for the Extension Service? Uh, it's the uh, Dallas County Extension Horticulturist. And I said to my wife, that's a pretty good job. I think I ought to do that. And I enjoyed from that the media side of the horticulture the most. And for 45 years, I've been doing exactly this. Uh, actually, there were seven years before that uh, with the extension. So 52 years of communicating via radio and television and writing. Uh, my favorite hobby. And it might turn into a career. Might yet. I hope you'll give us a call at 888 888- Two five six ten eighty. Let's talk about your landscape, your lawn, house plants, fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. Anything around your house, in your apartment, uh, wherever it is, I'd be happy to help. I, I'll give it my best, and if I can't answer, I'll tell you that, and I'll get an answer for you—a good answer. Eight 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 two five six ten eighty for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. We're approaching the middle of July, which means it's just about time to plant peppers for your fall garden. And those could be ornamental peppers, too. You know, the little ones, the little decorative peppers, those are beautiful. They're not in the nurseries just yet in most cases. If they are, they're fine to plant now. Uh, They'll be showing up in the next couple of weeks, and that's the time to plant them. Uh, You're at the very tail end of planting time for fall tomatoes. You better stick with the quick maturing types like early girl and the cherry types. If you're in the northern half of the state, in south Texas, you can plant uh, uh, Celebrity and and, uh, Roma and Super Fantastic and all of those. Stay away always in Texas. Stay away from Big Boy and Beefsteak and uh, the other great big tomatoes because they will not set fruit when it's hot and they will not set fruit when it's cold. They they have a physiological challenge of some sort. It's really kind of weird that they won't set when it's below 70 and they won't set when it's very far into the 90s. There's just that gap in the middle where they set fruit well. These are the large fruiting types like Big Boy, for example, or Beefsteak. And that's why they do very well in the Midwest when the summer temperatures hit those ranges all the time. But for us in Texas, it's a very small window where they'll set fruit. 
But the smaller uh, varieties will set well uh, in, in the spring garden way into early summer, and then they'll set very well in the fall all the way up uh, until it starts to get pretty cool. All right, once again, 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080. In many parts of Texas, crepe myrtles are in full, absolutely glorious bloom right now. We'll talk about crepe myrtles and why they might not be blooming and how you can find the best varieties for your needs so you'll never have to top them. Remember, we've talked about this many times. I've established a career of trying to talk people out of topping their crepe myrtles ever. There's never any justification for topping crepe myrtles. We'll talk about that after we take our first break today. So, But do give a call. I'd rather talk to you than talk about things I have on my mind. 888-256-1080. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening might be the only gardening reference book you'll need to be successful here in Texas. Everything that I've talked about in that 52 years on the air and uh, in writing, everything is put into this book. I, I really think that's the case. It's a hardback with 344 pages, 840 of my photographs. It was printed in San Antonio, not in China. That was important to me because it carries the name Lone Star Gardening. How would that be if it said printed in China somewhere in the book? It's 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, what you need to know to get started. That chapter refers to is, is, is important for every other chapter, as you'll see in just a moment, in the book. They all refer back to chapter 1 because uh, when you talk about soil science, whether it's uh, fruit or whether it's a lawn, it goes back to chapter 1. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar, four pages per month of when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants that you're trying to grow. I've never put that in a book before, and there it is waiting for you. People tell me that's the most important uh, chapter in the entire book. And then chapters 3 through 11, and this is what refers back to chapter 1, where you have the hardening of zone maps and the the, the soil types of Texas, the freeze areas of Texas, all that. Okay, so these are the chapters 3 through 11. Trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. That's what this book covers, everything in your landscape, lawn, and garden. So I hope you'll get a copy of it. You say, well, I better run out to the bookstore today. Well, it's not in bookstores, and it's not on Amazon either. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is available only from my website, only by calling my office. Those are the two ways you can get a copy. I sign every copy as it sells, and that's why I've chosen to uh, self-market uh, it. I self-published this book so I could have Carolyn Skye as my editor and Cindy Smith as a graphic designer. These are two extremely talented ladies with whom I had worked on many projects, and I still admire them immensely. So you order it from neilsperry.com or you call my office Monday through Friday, 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. That's during business hours, Monday through Friday. The better way is to order it right now. Satisfaction guaranteed. It's only thirty-six ninety-five. That's a very special price for a limited time. And that's at uh, 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 neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. 
It seems like these days, temporary storage facilities are on every street corner, but let's do a little bit of math. For what you're paying in yearly costs for that storage room that you're renting, you could own your own metal storage building right there in your own backyard. That's with the Mueller Backyard Building. Their backyard building kits are easy to assemble. They come with bolt-together designs, and they're priced right. You keep your stuff at home, and you're not throwing away money by leasing storage. Their kits come in a variety of sizes with more than 30 colors from which to choose, and that adds style to your storage space. If you need a larger storage solution, Mueller's pre-engineered standard series buildings can accommodate almost any need, whether it's a smaller place for a lawnmower, a place for cars, boats, or even an RV. You can have peace of mind that a Mueller metal building will protect those treasures at a reasonable price. See all of the options at MuellerInc.com. That's our website, obviously, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER to find a location near you. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them at MuellerInc.com. They are Mueller, they are made in America, and they're made to last. I'll have more after this message. All right. Well, we had uh, Jerry and Curtin all lined up to uh, speak, and he was ready to go on the air and drop the call. Perhaps a cell phone issue. Perhaps uh, perhaps the doorbell rang. You never know. So, Jerry, if you will call back, we'll get you right at the top of the line. You will be the line, in fact. Folks, give me a call, won't you? 888-256-1080. 888 uh, He had some question about cactus plants, but that's a rather general topic, so I'm going to let him call back if he's interested. Um, I want to talk to you about crepe myrtles because the question I am getting time and time and time again in the last three weeks, especially in the last week, Neil, how come my crepe myrtles aren't blooming? Why don't they bloom? I planted them three years ago. I got this in my Q&A column uh, that I wrote uh, this uh, yesterday morning, um, and and I can tell you exactly, I, I work a lot with crepe myrtles through our Crepe Myrtle Trails of McKinney Foundation. We've planted 40,000 crepe myrtles in the city of McKinney and, and are, are uh, now known by the U.S. Congress and the state as the uh, uh, America's Crepe Myrtle City. Um, and deservedly, I think, because of all those crepe myrtles. There are about 130 varieties of crepe myrtles, and let me give you a few reasons that crepe myrtles might not be blooming in your landscape if you have a plant. Number one, it, it depends on the variety that you have. Some are very late to bloom. Uh, one of my favorite uh, uh, varieties is one called Country Red. It's an old, old red that Ralph Pincus from North Haven Gardens recommended to me about 40 years ago. And I love it. It's just a beautiful red when it finally comes into bloom. I say, oh, man, I'm glad I waited. But it is at least 10 weeks later than some of the other, like Tuscarora red. And both of those varieties, Tuscarora from the National Arboretum and Country Red from I don't know where, are sorry dog in terms of winter hardiness. They freeze badly in North Texas. So I don't recommend either one of them. And I sure don't recommend, surely don't recommend Country Red because of its lateness in blooming, but I surely do recommend it for the color. Um, 
So there are others that will bloom earlier. Tuscarora does bloom earlier if you're in South Texas. It's a pretty rose red. Um, Arapaho is one from the National Arboretum that's really pretty. And, of course, everybody likes the uh, dynamite and uh, uh, others uh, that uh, uh, have come out of that breeding program from Stillwater, Oklahoma, from Carl Whitcomb. <clears throat> Excuse me. But anyway, that has to do with the uh, uh, the variety. So it could be a, a variety that blooms later. That's usually not the reason. Uh, another reason, the one that I'm seeing a lot is that the plants that are, uh, crepe myrtles bloom on new growth. If they're not growing actively, you're not going to have flowers. If you're not watering and fertilizing your crepe myrtles to keep them growing vigorously, they're not going to bloom properly. That is a big reason. In our community where we encourage people not to top crepe myrtles because it's a barbaric act that serves no purpose, no purpose, N-O purpose, um, people have pretty well abandoned that, that horrible practice, and so you don't see much of it. But when, when we have crepe myrtles that are not blooming, uh, then it's because they haven't been watered and fertilized. Nitrogen is what they need to grow actively. You put nitrogen, of all things, you put nitrogen on crepe myrtles to get them to bloom. Crazy. Uh, but it will make them bloom because it makes them grow. So that's something to remember. Now, if you top a crepe myrtle, not only do you ruin its natural growth form and shape and leave it looking really ugly during the winter, uh, five months out of the year, but you also delay its bloom by uh, eight or ten weeks. And uh, I've, uh, believe me, I've heard every possible excuse uh, for topping crepe myrtles, every possible excuse. And the most common one is it was getting too tall. Well, you chose the wrong variety. If it's hitting the eaves, move it or remove it, but don't leave it there and keep topping it. Uh, the best way to, to uh, uh, remedy a topped crepe myrtle is to cut it completely to the ground and let it regrow and train it as a natural form, but get it out from where it's uh, abusing the eaves. All right, so those are a couple of the reasons. The third reason that is common this year, I, I, I'm hearing you, Jared, I got it, but I want to finish my commentary here. Um, and, and Jerry will get to you and take my second break, and then I'll come right to you. Um, the, uh, the, the third reason out of this list of three uh, that a lot of crepe myrtles are not blooming properly is that they were hurt by the cold. The cold of February 2021 and the cold of the December time period of 2022. And uh, they, they, were, they were hurt badly. Uh, you may see some regrowth down around the bases. And if you do, then, uh, then those plants need, may need to be groomed. And you may have to take some dead wood out and, and some wood that has hurt so badly that it's not going to grow vigorously and not going to bloom as a result. So those are the reasons that crepe myrtles may not be blooming. It's the most common question I've had in the last uh, several weeks. Fertilome Greenmaker, time for another application of fertilizer to keep your lawn healthy and lush through the balance of the summertime. There's a premium lawn food from our friends at Fertilome, and it's called Fertilome Greenmaker. It's a slow-release lawn food specifically formulated for alkaline soils where pH is a factor affecting the intensity of the greening. That's going to be the case in the western 80% of the state. Greenmaker has an 1806 analysis and Fertilome's special blend of five essential micronutrients. It's called Greenmaker for a reason. It includes 10% sulfur, which helps correct excessive alkalinity, bring that pH down, has 5% iron, which makes your lawn green. 
Fertilome Green Maker is for use on all types of lawn grasses. Make sure you water it in after you apply it and then sit back and watch your lawn green up. You you may need to take a nap in between, maybe sleep overnight a time or two, but uh, but it'll work. It does a great job. Ask for it by name. It's Fertilome Green Maker. It's found only at local, independently owned garden centers, nurseries, and feed stores all around Texas. It's Fertilome Green Maker. Fertilome Green Maker made in Texas for Texas lawns. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you a lot. And uh, whether you are in Amarillo or Corpus Christi, Alpine or Crockett or Bryan College Station, as uh, Jerry is in general terms, wherever you are, Brenham, Brenham, check in with me. The number is 888-256-1080. Call right now, won't you please? And uh, love to hear from you. Jerry and Curtin called right back as soon as that phone call dropped. I'm glad that he did. Jerry, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, Neil. Good morning. Yes, sir. How can uh, I help? I have a few questions. If I were at home, and because uh, I have your gardening book at home, I could look up this particular plant. But I was driving and I was listening to the show, so I wanted to call you about um, how to identify this plant. We've we've kind of moved into more, what I'd say more of a kind of a, a desert rock uh, gardens and things like that. And this particular plant has the base. Almost looks like a what I'd say like a yucca base, but then it grows to about four or five foot on the stems, and at the top of the stems it blooms out into a nice uh, pinkish coral uh, flower. You see you see them a lot uh, in mediums, uh, you know, neighborhoods. That's probably the plant called red yucca, Hesperallo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. My question is, uh, we've we've tried we've tried them a few times, and we've had okay luck, but not like what I see driving down the road. I see like at my bank at the rock garden with those things, and they're just beautiful, and ours are not doing much. So, is there any tips you uh, you know can give me on that? Sure, um, I would uh, very much recommend that you. Keep trying because it is, I'm not a big advocate of using, they're, they're called xerophytic plants. They're, they're from, from uh, X-E-R-I is how it's spelled. It, it does not start with a Z, just like curtain mm-hmm. doesn't start with a C. Um, mm-hmm. The xerophytic plants in, in uh, your area are not native because it rains too much and, and they can't handle all the water. But that's one okay. that is very tolerant of, of those conditions. That's that's my favorite of all the xerophytic plants, and it does very well. It also is very winter hardy, and so for those of us in North Texas, I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, mm-hmm. I had made it through the two cold spells, and, and a lot of the things didn't. Agaves did not, for example. So it's a good one. You, you've chosen a good one. Uh, there is a nursery in Arizona by the uh, name of Mountain States Nursery, uh, that uh, uh, has done a lot of breeding work. The owner of the nursery has taken a lot of interest in this whole group of plants. And uh, we just had a story in my electronic newsletter this week. This week, you can see it on my website, in fact, if you want to see the sample uh, of some of the other varieties of uh, red yuccas. Mm-hmm. Uh, one called Brake Light is just, oh my goodness gracious, intense red. 
Uh, the, mm-hmm. the native uh, species from southwest Texas is pretty enough, but that one is just incredible. And then several other varieties. The and, and Steve Huddleston wrote the article, and one of his suggestions is plant them in raised beds so that they drain well. They have to have full sun. Um, those would be the two main things that I would offer to you. Uh, and you have to be patient. It takes them several years to get really well established. That's why the plants cost a little more than uh, uh, just an average shrub would in the same size container. But they're worth it. They're they're very pretty. Yeah, um, the soil uh, around where we're doing this is uh, it's it's a lot of clay, some gravel. It's not it's not a perfect soil by any means. Well, they're tolerant so mainly, of that. But the main thing yeah. is is to raise the bed by four or five inches. So when you get one of those seven inch rains. Most of it will drain away to somewhere else down the down the the hill or the right. slope. You know, not sit there in that in that clay. That's soil. right. That's Sometimes right. that holds it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you notice the you notice it. You notice at your bank or wherever it was you saw them that were looking so pretty, or in the medians. Medians are raised by the the height of the curb. They drain automatically. And in right. commercial okay. landscapes, they're usually behind a curb. They're up a little mm-hmm. bit. That's why they do so well in those settings, and they can tolerate all that heat up against the concrete. Right. Well, uh, raising raising them up sounds like a great idea, and don't overwater them. <laughs> no, they'll okay. they'll do they'll do well with uh, with what you have. It's called yeah. red yucca. It's Hesperalo, H E S P E R A L O E. Hesperalo. Okay. Well, great. Yeah, You're on your I, way. You'll I, do well with that one. I everything do. else just does well. You know, that these aren't, I mean, they just don't seem like they really bloom out like the ones I see. So, anyway. Well, it will. You can get there. Uh, if you want to see the story that Steve wrote, go to uh, my website. It's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L, sperry.com, mm-hmm. and then click mm-hmm. on eGardens and the sample mm-hmm. Uh, uh, example of eGardens this week is is includes Steve's story, so you'll see it very easily. Otherwise, you wouldn't oh. be able to. It'll go away after six days, but it's there. Well, that sounds like it'd be very helpful. Okay. Thank you, Neil. Enjoy You're the welcome. show. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling back also. Appreciate that. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Folks, his line is open if you will call right now, and that number is 888-256-1080. I'm going to ask like I always do, please don't be calling at a quarter of noon and say, well, I never can get through. You can get through right now if you'll call right now, 888-256-1080. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening might be the only gardening reference book that you will need to be a success here in Texas. And Red Yucca is featured in that as one of the fine plants that you ought to try. It's a, it's kind of in between shrubs and perennials. It is certainly a perennial. It's evergreen. It's just a great plant. It's one of the hundreds of plants that I mention and describe in full detail and show in, in uh, photos. Uh, you'll uh, you'll see this is a plant I need to have, and you'll see a lot of plants that you want to have in Niels Perry's Lone Star Gardening. This book was written for every county in the great state of Texas. As I wrote it, I, I was thinking about Beaumont, and I was thinking about uh, Alpine, I was thinking about Amarillo. It's a tough book to write when you talk about Amarillo and Corpus Christi at the same time, and Beaumont and El Paso. Oh, my goodness, this is quite a state. 344 pages, 840 of my photographs printed in Texas, and uh, 
It has a calendar of 48 pages that tell you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray protect all the plants that you're growing month by month. That calendar, that chapter, took me the longest of any chapter in the book to write because you just have to put your mind about when would I do this or that in Amarillo and Beaumont and Corpus Christi and El Paso. Oh, that'll make your head spin by the end of that uh, that chapter. But you'll find it to be very, very useful. That's chapter two. So you have 11 chapters. Chapter one is the basics of gardening in Texas. And then you have specific chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. There you are. All those uh, photos, 840 of my photos, it was printed by Clear Visions in San Antonio, and it's only thirty-six ninety-five. You'd expect it to be fifty-five or sixty dollars if it were in a bookstore, because it's a hardback and it's printed on high-quality paper. And coincidentally, it was printed in San Antonio, not in China. I just couldn't bring myself to have my book printed out of country, and and uh, I wanted to be at the press checks to make sure the colors were exactly right. Andy, the pressman, did a great job. He got promoted uh, somewhere after the uh, after the printing. I guarantee your satisfaction with the book, or I'll refund every penny. Seventy nine thousand copies sold. Not one request for a refund yet. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. There are two ways you can order it. It's not in stores and not on Amazon. You order it directly from my website or directly from my office. The office phone number, Monday through Friday, is 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. And my my website is neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y. Dot com, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. I have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. And we go to South Texas now to Tim in Kingsville. Tim, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm doing super. How can I help you today? Good. I'm enjoying the show, and I'm just getting a little curious. Um, Walking in, through a lot of different brush and country down here for years and years with my quail dogs, I love finding chili patine bushes. Mm-hmm. But I can never get the seeds to grow. I'm just wondering if there's a secret on these hot chili patine bushes. I don't know why there would be. It's uh, it's wild and growing all over the place. Um... During good wet years, uh, I find some nice ones, but... Just never had any luck trying to uh, put them in a pot around the house. Just oh. curious. Okay, but how are you? Are you collecting seed and trying to get them to grow then, or what are you doing? Yeah, I'm just wondering. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Or, or should should it be better if I bought some where they might be uh, uh, well, genetically this... altered or anything like that? No, I'm no, they're curious. not genetically altered. The seed needs to dry. Maybe you're if you're harvesting the seed, maybe you're getting it before it's uh, mature enough, before it's dry enough. I'm okay. trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out how to help you by what the question might be. I'm 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 struggling there. Uh, if anything, you're probably harvesting them when they're bright red, and you need to let them go beyond that. Yeah, I'll, actually, I, I've been trying to find some of the dried out ones on the plants. I I've got them marked on my GPS where I do find the bushes. But anyway, I was just curious. Yeah, it's uh, let's see, early July. You you need to wait a while. And so your, oh, your GPS is going to send you back later. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, I'll find him in like October or something. Good. Yeah, I would do that. And then how are you, what do you do with them then? Do you put them in the fridge until early spring and plant them in the pots then? I've never put them in the fridge, no. I'm just had them dried out in a bag, but... Um, All right, you need to store them. I I would. Th- I have not done what I'm telling you, so you can take that for what it's worth. I'd be honest with you. Uh, but if I were collecting pepper seeds or anything else, of course, hybrid peppers, you don't want to... You don't want to try to save. You want to get new seed from a seed company. But I would, if I were, if I were trying to save seed, I would put them out on a paper towel, let them dry, and then I would put them in a Ziploc bag in the in the butter tray in the refrigerator until very early spring. And for those, and and for Kingsville, goodness gracious, early spring is going to be you'd be planting these about probably in into the pots in a warm spot in your in a windowsill or a, a greenhouse probably uh, early to mid-January so that you'd have transplants ready to set out the 1st of March or even oh, wow, that's pretty early. Yeah, where yeah, you are. Pretty, yeah, they like heat. Yeah, that's, they, they do like heat. So if you if you wanted to move that back a couple weeks, that's a good point. Maybe move it back a couple weeks. But uh, get them out before it gets beastly hot. And, uh, and move it back a month if you want to. But, but get them out during March. Um, and let them get established and grow. These are tough little plants. Our neighbors had them in in Farmer's Branch, which is the other side of Texas, and uh, and they they just self sowed and came back every spring, which tells me they're not difficult to get to grow. They're pretty little plants. For anybody who's not familiar with this, this is like a, a miniature pepper, and the and the uh, fruit itself it's uh, chili pekin p e q u i n. The fruit are Somewhere between BB and P size, they're tiny and they are hot. They are really hot. <laughs> so, but they're beautiful. They make a pretty little plant. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate your help and thank you so much. I'll try that earlier setup. Yeah. Well, when are, when have you been planting them? I, I don't plant them. I've got quail hunting dogs and I take care of eighteen thousand acres and I, I have them all marked off in the territory where when I find them when I'm mowing senderos and shredding or disking and I, I mark them on my gps so i know where i can get some fresh but i'd like to have some at the house and i've never been able to grow any uh, you know but um i'll try the earlier setup and see what well, that's, happens that's what i was that's what i was wondering when so you have not taken them home and tried them yet oh i t- I, I pick them out in the field but usually you have to you have to have a really good wet year to get them okay they okay i'm Okay, maybe I'm not understanding all of the question properly. They are available for sale online, so it's right, easy right. to find them, and, and that may be an easier way for you. But they will also be available out in the field, or they wouldn't be there in the first place. I would just keep watching as you're out there in the field. Man, I can't imagine 18,000 acres. You guys do it big, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's what's great about GPS. I can mark where the plants are. I put an I put a food icon so I know what I'm I'm looking for. But oh my gosh, usually they're there perfect. every year. But yeah. I've tried first, transplanting them too, and it and it hasn't worked. It anyway. Well, you can do it. They're tough plants, and and uh, just look for the seedlings in the early spring. I'd say in uh, in March. Look for the seedlings coming up. They're going to look just like Mama. They'll just be tiny. And get your seedlings. And that's when you transplant them. You can do okay. it. I know. Thank you. you. Thank you very much, Tim. Have a good day. Bye bye. That was an interesting call. That was fun.
my goodness, 18,000 acres, a lot of ground to say grace over. All right, let me take my last break, and, and uh, if you'd like to call, this is the last call for call, 888-256-1080, 888-256-1080. Neil Spray's eGardens is my electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email. And it's absolutely free and always will be. I hope you'll uh, consider subscribing to it. I've been doing eGardens for 19 and a half years, and it's full of great garden tips and stories. I mentioned to you the uh, the story uh, that Steve Huddleston wrote just uh, a few days ago, just 36 hours ago it was distributed on red yuccas. And you'll find it, I think, very, very useful if you're interested in red yuccas. You'll see the the different ones that uh, Mountain States Nursery has produced. In fact, you can see a couple of photos that uh, that came from their production nursery and see how beautiful those varieties are. So take a look at it. All you have to do to see what it looks like and then to sign up for it if you're interested is go to my website. It's neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, and click on the eGardens tab. Now, you'll always find a featured plant of the week. That was Steve's uh, story on, on red yuccas. You'll also always find the, uh, the column that I write called Gardening This Weekend, where I point out the things that need to be done that weekend based on weather and time of year and climate and you know, whatever else. You'll also find the Q&A section where I answered 8 or 10 or 12 of the most pressing questions that people have that week. And uh, then a couple of other stories as well. Diane Sitton has a great story coming up uh, this next week and uh, four other stories. Take a look at eGardens. I think you'll like it. Like I say, it's free and always will be. I will never spam you, and I don't give or sell your email address to anybody, so you don't have to worry about either of those things happening. That's Neil Sperry's eGardens, and sign up for it at Neil Sperry, N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. The 1930s were difficult times for America. The country was in the Great Depression. Jobs were scarce. But you know what? Hopes remained high because it was during that time that Mueller started making metal products. Now here we are more than 90 years later, and the Mueller name has become known across the South as having the finest in quality steel and workmanship. Mueller and its products understand what it means to weather the storm. A Mueller metal roof is made to last and to protect you and your most valued possessions from the harsh weather we're accustomed to in Texas. A Mueller metal roof can endure the intense sun, the heavy rain, hail, and snowstorms for years to come. That's a lot longer than a conventional roof. If you want peace of mind for the future, choose a metal roof for your home, a roof that's been made by Mueller. You need to keep that name in the top of your mind. M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Visit MuellerInc.com. Learn more. Find a location near you. You'll see why a Mueller metal roof is the best thing to put over your head. Now that's Mueller. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or you can stop by one of their 33 locations. That's 36 locations, come to think of it. Mueller, they're made in America, and they're made to last. It's MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. 
All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And we are going to Sandra in Perryton. Sandra, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Sandra, I, I, owed, last you a, week. I owed you an answer on deer eating your trees, and I still owe you that answer. I have I have struggled all week with migraines, and I did not get my homework done for you. I am so sorry. I went to the doctor for said problem yesterday, so I'm so sorry. But I've, That's okay. Yeah, I'll keep. That's I'll okay. Keep, keep trying. Keep going. Go ahead. Uh, I'm anxious to get your book. Need to find out your uh, address, and uh, I'll call again during the week to get. Uh, well, I so can I tell can you get that. your garden book. Wait, it's uh, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Okay. Yeah. I just need an address to uh, to send, so, okay. Well, Jared can, can help you with that. He can put you back on hold and, and give him an email address, if you will, and I will write to you, and we'll get the uh, deer problem solved that way, and it'll be quicker than waiting another week. I'm so sorry. I just, uh, I'm sorry. I, I don't do computers. uh I have a cell phone, but I don't do computers. I don't have an email. So I can give you my address. Well, okay, that's, yeah. Give him some contact information. Let's get off the public radio line here and and give him some way that I can reach you, if you would, and I'll follow through on it. I'm sorry I owe you that. You bet. Thank you. Jared, if you'll take it from here for me, that would be great. Thank you. Um, All right, we have about a minute, minute and a half, I think, left. And uh, I, the the other thing, the last thing I want to mention to you as we wrap the program up, uh, is uh, is regarding your your fertilizing of your lawn. I, I said this last week, and I'll say it again. If you have Saint Augustine, uh, and if it begins to look kind of like it got boiled or something, that could be gray leaf spot, and you need to look very closely at the blades if they have brown spots on them, like somebody dripped hot water on them then that is gray leaf spot. Look that one up, and if you see that you have it, uh, you, you can look it up on, on my website, neilspray.com, and you'll see photos. But uh, gray leaf spot is a, a really serious uh, fungal disease, and uh, it is uh, a threat. You do not want to use nitrogen on St. Augustine in the hot weather because gray leaf spot is exacerbated by that. And so sit that one out between about the middle of June and the 1st of September if that disease is present in your lawn. Um, azoxystrobin is the recommended uh, control, and uh, but it's even more important that you uh, just don't, uh, don't fertilize during the heat of the summer. So I think that wraps up our... Uh, wraps up that one. I've enjoyed doing this program today. I'm kind of struggling through the uh, the vertigo migraines. Migraine-associated vertigo is, is what it is, and I apologize for that. And if there's ever a disjointed moment in my answering, then that, that would explain it. This has been going on since June 23 of 2017, and it gets a little wearisome. Jared, you have just a few seconds left. Is that right? Or a minute and a few seconds? Yeah, okay. All right. I, my clock must be one minute fast. But uh, uh, anyway, that uh, is uh, just a hurdle in the, in the speed bump of life. I hope that uh, you uh, will water your plants deeply. You know something I can tell you that will uh, be important to you uh, in, your, in your plantings. If you put new plants out this, uh, this spring, you need to water them deeply every time that you water them. 
Soak them thoroughly. If they were from three-gallon pots, give them three gallons of water every time you water them. And at these temperatures, that should be every other day. So uh, every two days, you give them three gallons or five gallons or ten gallons of water, depending on the size container they were in. That is non-negotiable. Don't try to do it with a sprinkler on the end of the hose. You'll never get enough water to them. The rest of your lawn and landscape will be super saturated too much. You'll waste water. Water them by hand for their first summer or two. That's it. That's it for this week. I have enjoyed this very much. Until next Saturday, same time, Jared Taylor, thank you for running the boards. Have a great week. Happy gardening.